Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 175, which feels Ooh, like a good number. That feels significant. Yeah. Yes. And we're recording on Friday, September 14th, 2018. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And it feels like it's been a long time. It does. Doesn't it? it really time does. is passing slowly right now. It must be because my vacation is coming up. (laughs) And I apologize in advance. I'm using metal needles, which is unusual for me. And if they're clicking, I apologize. Hopefully it won't get picked up on the microphone. So what are you wearing? I am wearing my Wishes cardigan. Yay. I love this sweater. It's very cute. It's a pattern by Hohi Locatelli from Interpretations 4. And I made it back in July of 2016 in the Holst Garn Coast Yarn. And let's see, what else should I say about it? It's an open front cardigan, very flowy because it is rather A-line. There's three sections on the, or two sections on the sweater where there are a row of marked increases that you can see. You can, you can see them around the around the sweater you can kind of tell where the increase lines are and the so there's two areas where it's increasing so that's like three sections on the sweater and the bottom is very flowy fluttery i quite like it it's very pretty and what do you mean that the increases are done instead of spacing them regularly yeah, throughout the exactly. length of the garment they're exactly. done in threes or yes. two specific i was things. trying okay. to think how do i explain that because I don't think there's a term for that. I get it's, it though. Yeah, it's just I'm trying to see where those the, lines are. If if I stood up and showed you the back, you can kind of see. Oh, I can on see. The back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get it now. It's kind of like when you're doing yoke increases; they all happen yeah. on specific rows yeah. and not exactly. evenly spaced. Exactly. Got it. And so the way that they happen, it makes the sweater very. Well, obviously, it's the widest at the bottom. So, <laughs> swing, kind of a swing coat style. Yeah, not I trapeze guess. so much. Yeah, but I get it though. Yeah, yeah it's very swingy. At the yeah, bottom. I like it. And the front is open. It's not a sweater that you you could pin it closed, but it doesn't have fastenings, so it's mostly worn open. So, it's a very light yarn and. Added, add that together with the open front, and it's a sweater that I can wear when it's a little bit warmer. It's a definitely a layering piece. Yes. 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 And actually, it's so light that I've even, when I've taken it off, I've thrown it around my neck a couple times. Oh, <laughs> that makes sense. Because it's so light and drapey, it just almost looks like a scarf yeah if i do that it doubles as a scarf yeah exactly so that is wishes cardigan by hohi locatelli and how about you gail what are you wearing i'm wearing my colors of fall fall look i have the whole look on right now so i'm wearing my latitude sweater by elizabeth doherty which i also knit in holst garn coast so we're both (laughs) wearing coast today And mine is navy blue and a light blue called porcelain. And I knit the sweater per the pattern with two modifications. The first was that I knit it longer, so it's tunic length. And the second, instead of striping the sleeves in the symmetrical stripes, you know, even 
two rows or four, whichever it is, of each color as in the pattern, I did solid sleeves and I have two small stripes near the bottom of the sleeves, which are three quarter length. And I love it. It's so comfortable and easy to wear and dare I say stylish? I don't know if stylish is... <laughs> I feel like it's stylish. Okay, well, I'm going with that then. <laughs> and I have it paired with a black, not quite a pencil skirt, but it's a knit skirt, which I wear all the time. And I bought some new black clogs. Oh, I noticed that when you came in. Yeah. So I showed them off to Charlene a while ago, and this is only the second or third time I've worn them. So I really, really love them. Very and nice. I got the idea to buy these clogs from someone else's knit along following. <laughs> she was wearing the same brand of clogs, and I loved them so much that I bought myself a pair They're in black. Very cute. So I really went all out for the fall look this you year. Did. I even bought Yay. a pair of shoes. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> So that's Latitude by Elizabeth Doherty. And what have you been stalking? I feel like I've been stalking so much more. There, Remember we were waiting for all the fall things mm-hmm. to come out? And they're they're, here. they're coming, oh yes. Gosh, they're, <laughs> they're coming out now. So it's been really fun. The first thing that I'm stalking is a fun one. I don't think I would actually knit this, but it's really cute and fun to look at. That it's is adorable. called the Counting Sheep shawl and it is by lisa hannon fox it's a new pattern that just came out this month on ravelry and it's a black and white color work shawl with sheep outlines in either black or white so the white sheeps are outlined in black yarn and the black sheep are outlined in white yarn and it is double knit, so it's completely reversible. On one side, the white sheep appear as, well, the white sheep are white sheep. On the flip side, they appear as black sheep. It's really cute. And vice versa. So it's very cute. And when I saw it, I just loved it because it's just adorable. Like I said, not something I think I would knit for myself, but when I saw it, I said, oh, I think I want this, but I want it as a blanket. And I kind of thought that to myself and then didn't think about it again until I was writing the notes for stocking. And I happened to click on the designer's name and look at her other designs and lo and behold, she actually had released a blanket and the scarf of the same sheep, reversible sheep design. And the blanket was released back in March. So there are actually 17 projects on Ravelry of the blanket. And then the scarf was released back in March of 2017. So there are a few projects online of the scarf and it's so cute it is really cute cute and you know a blanket makes so much more sense for us for double knitting because you're going to use a blanket more in the cold double knit's going to be really warm right a double knit shawl is not something that i think i would wear carry around with me exactly because it's almost like a blanket exactly <laughs> but at home when it's cold blankets come in handy yes, so it exactly would get used. exactly so in some of the variations people have taken the sheep 
pattern and created pillows, cowls, and then somebody, the woman who did the cowl, did it in rainbow yarn. That is adorable. (laughs) The contrast is white sheep with a rainbow, a rainbow counterpart of sheep or a rainbow background. And it's really cute. The Counting Sheep Shawl by Lisa Fox. The second thing I am stocking is a design called Blutenmere. And it's by Crawl Veronica. And this one is a free pattern, a free shawl pattern on Ravelry. It's a semicircle shape shawl with two colors. There's a stockinette section and then there's like a lacy, like the name implies, a flowery blossom pattern in a single row and then another stockinette section and then another blossomy flowery section. Well, you read the name of the pattern, but you didn't read the translated name. Oh, I did not. <laughs> the translation is Sea of Blossom. I could see her iPad screen, but you guys could not. <laughs> and the stitch is interesting. It looks like little stitches gathered into one and kind of wrapped. Yeah, they're pretty. And then they descend into each individual stitch again. I did not look at the pattern, so I don't know what kind of stitch that involves. It's pretty though. I really like the effect. I do too, because it doesn't look like a traditional knit lace pattern. No. Yeah. So that is Blutenmere by Kral Veronica. And the designer actually has two versions of this shawl. One is in lace and one is in fingering. Ooh, lace. And the third thing that I am stocking is a pattern that I just saw yesterday. It's a pullover sweater fingering weight called Tulip by Ririko, who is a designer from Japan. And I have noticed her patterns before. I like quite a few of her patterns, though she's new to me in the fact that I've never knit one of her patterns. But this one, I think I could see myself making. I really like this pullover tunic. I guess it's a tunic. Well, there's two versions, I should say. She's got different ways that you can complete the pattern. One of them is an A-line tunic, and one of them is just a top with a lace panel around the bottom. And I should say that it's a pullover, three-quarter sleeve. One of them is A-line, and it's got raglan shaping, and she's got a little lace design that goes along the raglan sec- along the raglan increases. And then there's a lace panel that goes down each side. And it's really cute. Very pretty. So very typical of something that I would make. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I love that it's A-line as opposed to straight up boxy. Yeah. So it's very pretty. So I'm, I'm quite liking that one. That one's Tulip by Ririko. 
So how about you? What are you stocking? I am stocking all the things. <laughs> oh, I'm just kind of out of control on my stocking lately, right. which has been Do fun. Tell. Yes, it has been fun. So the latest, well, I sh- okay, so let me say the most recent was the newest pattern released by Hohe just yesterday, which is called Elton. And because I've been watching Hohe's journal, her video podcast, I've followed her basically from her conception of the design through the knitting and her talking about it on multiple episodes and then finally seeing the finished object. So it's been really fun. It was the same thing with the slow curve shawl. Mm -hmm. It's a great, beautiful cardigan. It is in her typical boxy style with dropped shoulders. And the unique part of it is it's a cardigan. Most of her boxies are pullovers. So that's one thing that I really like. And the other thing that makes it different and unique is that it's striped, but not in different colors. It's striped with two different yarns. So she used La Bienname, she used a singles in fingering weight, and then she used a kid silk haze type, I think with some mohair lace weight. And they're both the same color of yellow, which is Yellow Brick Road is the name of the color. So the sweater name is Elton, like Elton John. And it's really, really pretty. It's simple, but has enough sophistication and style to it that it looks really elegant. When it came out yesterday, oh, what stash do I have? And I instantly went stash shopping. So I have two skeins of Tosh Merino Light onesies in the neon rose colorway, but think coquette, very tonal, beautiful pink. And then I have a skein of Madeline Tosh Lace in coquette. So the real coquette versus the neon rose, there's just enough difference in the color that I think it's a very subtle play on the tonality. Mm -hmm. And the Tosh Merino light is a single ply and the lace is a plied yarn. So that difference in texture is gonna make the difference in the stripes a little more obvious as well. So I'm sitting here with these three skeins in a plastic bag thinking I don't want to hand wind them because this, the lace weight skein is like 890 yards, I think. So yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to break out my swift and ball winder, but I think that'll be on the needle soonish because I just love the sweater and I already have the stash. I mean, that's pretty darn lucky. So that was Elton by Hohilo Catelli. And another one I've been stocking is the Chana Pullover by a new-to-me designer, Lisa Niemannen. And this is from Twist Collective 2015. And I've been catching up on video podcasts because I've been at the computer a lot. It's easy to have them playing in the background. And I caught up on Inside Number 23 and Katie just finished hers. And it's a really adorable pullover in DK weight yarn. And it has some garter stitch in the body, raglan shaping on the sleeves. It's just really cute. It's totally something that I would wear. The other things I've been stocking are all by the designer Alpha Knits. So our friend Carol just finished her Crazy Stripes tee. And I cast one of those on a long time ago and never finished it. And this designer has a lot of striped and stripes with color work and really unique construction and like kind of quirky combinations of stripes and layers and things like that. She's very, she has very unique designs and I have not looked at her patterns in a really long time. And after Carol 
finished her Crazy Stripes tea, I thought, okay, I really want to knit one of those. That is just so adorable. And that started me on the path to, oh, and look, and that one's adorable, and that one's adorable, and that one's adorable. <laughs> so I favored it about four or five in a row, I think. As and we do. As we do. You, you, I'm sure you guys can relate. And then just a funny story. We were sitting, we, Charlene was working at the Swiss Stitch, and Carol and I were there to visit with her while she was working, which means we were sitting there knitting and chatting while poor Charlene was actually working. And... <laughs> Carol was knitting on a fiddly bits cowl. And this is a cowl that's free on Ravelry. And I'm sorry, I forgot to write down the designer's name, but it's designed to use up scraps of yarn. And some people use up scraps. Some people actually cake up some of their existing stash. The idea is to make a magic cake ball with all of your bits. So you basically just wind it up. And when you join the new yarn, you make a knot, keep winding, join the new yarn, make a a knot, keep winding. And what I did, I was watching Carol working on this and we were talking about the folly of making a magic cake ball. And I was saying I would never do that because it just sounded like it would be kind of onerous. And then I went home that night and made one myself. I took out my entire bag from my sock yarn blanket that I'm making, which is all from scraps and mini skeins. And I took out all the, so you use scraps to knit your sock yarn blanket, right? It's already scraps. Well, then my mitered squares on my sock yarn blanket are so small that I end up having scraps of my scraps. And you can't just throw them away, right? So I have all these little bits of yarn that I'm I sitting throw here away. nodding She's because nodding. I know exactly. You keep having smaller and smaller portions yes. that just move to different bags exactly. with different projects. Exactly. <laughs> so here in my sock yarn blanket giant bag, I have a Ziploc bag or two full of the scraps of scraps that I won't throw away and I don't know what to do with. So I sat there one night and I made a magic cake ball with all of these little remnants. And I kind of tried to go in a gradual fadish sort of color gradient. And we'll see how it turns out when I actually knit it. But I made a 190 gram ball. So the pattern calls for 100 grams, basically one skein of fingering weight. Provisional cast on, knit a tube in the round, Kitchener it to, to connect them. And that gives you one ring around your neck. So mine will be a double wrap cowl, two rings around your neck. And I'm actually really looking forward to using it. It was it was not an onerous experience. It was actually very fun. <laughs> we would like to thank Plum Deluxe Teas for being our sponsor this month. Don't miss the cornucopia of fall flavors now available at Plum Deluxe Teas. Apple cinnamon, spiced almond, pumpkin, and more. Every tea is hand-blended fresh with the most thoughtfully chosen ingredients. Join their tea club for special perks and free shipping on every purchase at just $10 a month. Visit plumdeluxe.com to learn more. Apple cinnamon sounds so good right now. It's that all the oh, fall yeah. flavors. I noticed that the website looked like it was changing over from the summer flavors to the fall flavors. So yes, the the almond, the apple, mm. the pumpkin. And I was telling Gail before we started recording that I had just ordered something because... I noticed they had an elderberry tea. 
which I'm really excited to try because I've never tried that, but I have used elderberry syrup in past years when myself or family members have had colds or flu and have always had favorable results with it. So yeah. I'm really curious to see what elderberry tea is like. It sounds good. Well, now very I'm just excited. With the seasons changing and it's actually chilly here in the mornings, I want to drink tea again. Yeah. So thank you very much, Plum Deluxe Teas. Thank you. And what are you knitting? Knitting in my hands. This is so exciting. I am working on my washed out shawl by Hohi Locatelli. And I just reached down into my lap. And for some reason, every time I put this down, I pick it up and I'm always afraid the stitches are going to come off the needles. I guess that means it's time to switch it to a longer needle. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because it washed out is one of those shawls that is asymmetrical by design knit corner to corner, which means that as you go along, you're increasing... I believe it's only one stitch every other row. But once you have knit through to the third color of fingering weight, you've got a lot of stitches. (laughs) So I'm still using the same needle, actually. I just realized as when I started. So I think I'm going to, now that I think about it, switch it to a longer needle because it's also nice as you guys probably know, when you have something that you're knitting flat, but on a circular needle, it's really nice to, when you put it down, instead of having to worry about the stitches falling off the needles, mm-hmm. it's nice to have enough cord so that you can shove all your stitches to the cord, yeah. pick it up and put it down, and not worry about things falling mm-hmm. off the needles. I get it. So I need to do that. Washed out is, as I've mentioned, it's a large three-color shawl knit end-to-end, and it gets wider as you go along. I'm quite enjoying the pattern. I'm using three skeins from three different dyers. One skein is Dragonfly Pixie, colorway is Nymeria. The second is Hedgehog Fibers. I don't remember the color name. I'd have to look. And the third is a Mad Tosh, Tosh Merino Light. So they're all single ply yarns, which is one of my favorites. What is this color? Grace Notes. Grace Notes, which is a light gray, very light gray or natural with speckles of purple, orange, blue, yellow, pink. Is that everything? I think so. (laughs) They're all in there. And the Nymeria is a solid blue-gray, and the Hedgehog is that blue-gray, but a medium tone with a few speckles in there. So I think it's working out really well. (laughs) I'm very excited about this one and can't wait to wear it. It's also very addicting because you do one section of a solid and then one section that's striped together. So it's really easy to get 
caught up in one more row, one more row, one more row, just to see how the colors work together. And to get to that next part of the pattern yeah, where everything changes exactly. again. And yeah, I know exactly what you mean. So I've just added on my third color and I'm on the section now where we stripe the second and third color together as the transition. And when I finish the transition, I will just be working with the third color and will be on the final lace portion of the shawl, the final one third. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that cake of yarn still looks mighty big. Yes, I've just started. One, two, three, four, five stripes. That's it. So that is washed out by Hohi Locatelli. Second thing I have been working on is my beekeeper cardigan, which is a pattern by Marie Green. I think I talked about stocking this last you, episode. Yeah. Okay. But I hadn't started it, I believe. And I actually haven't gotten very far on it. I have to interrupt you because I want you to tell them the story about the lost skein. I had four skeins of logwood, and I've been calling this color of Madeline Tosh logwood my... I call it two things. I call it my desert island yarn, and then I also call it my holy grail yarn, even though <laughs> there is a difference between the two. Like the desert island yarn is the yarn. This is my designation. This is not written in stone anywhere. My designation of desert island yarn is the yarn that you would want to have with you on a desert island and probably knit something, and then you'd have to rip it out and knit again, and rip it out, and knit again, until you were rescued from the <laughs> desert island, right? Okay, so I call this my desert island yarn because it it's a good, hardy yarn that I could knit over and over again. It's logwood, my favorite color, so I could work with it on that island, knitting it again and again. But I've also called it, as I mentioned, my holy grail yarn, and for me, the holy grail yarn is that yarn that takes its place in your stash as being almost too good to uh -huh. use. <laughs> There's no project or pattern good enough. Right. It's that yarn, and it has, this yarn has sat in my stash for a long, long time. And I have four skeins of it. Couldn't find the last one. And... I'm trying not to laugh because you've been sending me panic-stricken text messages about this skein. I looked in Ravelry. My Ravelry entry told me that I had four skeins. I believed it. I, I she must knew have in her heart four of hearts skeins, that there were four. But I could only find three. Could not find it anywhere. So I looked through my yarn cabinet. My yarn cabinet is actually a dresser but now it's a yarn cabinet. <laughs> it's been repurposed. It has been repurposed. And I looked and I actually took things out, put things back in. I had a big pile of project bags that I moved. So I took all these project bags, put them on the bed. And I'm getting regular updates as all this is going <laughs> on. Right. I'm like, no way, you know that yarn's there somewhere. It yeah. can't be gone. Searched the cabinet, could not find it took the project bags, shoved them back into their shelf. And I was really dejected because I could not figure out where this last skein could be. And no, you can't finish a sweater with only three skeins right. of this yarn. You need the fourth right. skein. 
So I was looking around my room, just tidying up because I had taken all this paraphernalia out of my cabinet. <laughs> I can just and, imagine like yarn and project bags everywhere, well, like flying out of the closet and, as you're trying to. So find the it. thing about the project bags is I have quite a few and they're on this one shelf and there is an attempt to keep them tidy, but after projects coming and going, they're kind of just shoved <laughs> in there a little bit. I keep all mine inside one of those linen bags, like your oh, comforter yeah. comes in. I put them yeah. all in there so that they don't explode like that. So, And that's exactly what happened. When I took them out and put them on my bed, they exploded. They got <laughs> twice as big as they were shoved into... As, as the size that they were when they had been shoved onto this shelf in the cabinet. So I noticed that three of them in the exploding process had toppled over and they were in, they were not in the pile that I had shoved back onto the shelf. So I went, picked up these three and there was something in one of them and I opened up and I could not believe it. It was the missing skein. I had put one skein needles and I think I had a pattern in there because I was going to swatch for a different sweater which never became and somehow this one skein and pattern just got shoved back in with the project bags things happen things happen <laughs> I've had the same frantic search on more than one occasion I know it's here somewhere yeah. Yeah. so I was Yay, so excited because I found that so that is the story of my desert island yarn my holy grail yarn <laughs> this yarn happens to be both which is now going to become which is a now beekeeper. going to become beekeeper so I started my beekeeper the beekeeper cardigan very popular right now on Ravelry. It was part of an event. The designer hosted a four-day knit-along a few months ago. I personally don't know how anyone could knit this sweater in four days. I could not. Perhaps if I were away somewhere and on the type of vacation that did not involve seeing things, if I was on a type of retreat type vacation mm -hmm. where I could just sit my butt down and knit for four days, perhaps. But Given the general flow of my life, no. Four-day sweater, never going to happen. So I have taken close to two weeks and I have knit. I still haven't gotten to the part where I'm dividing the sleeves from the body. I'm not even sure how far away I am. I All I know is that I've knit two repeats of the B B pattern. And is that so a, far? a pretty easy to remember fun to knit? It is. Pattern? But I have cool. to admit that I made a mistake. I don't know how I did. I swatched and I knew how to do the B pattern. And then it must have been a couple days between. Mm -hmm. And then when I picked up my sweater, I started it and I started doing it incorrectly. And after I had completed a row of it, I looked, saw that my little bees did not have wings, and what did I do? Oh. So I had to rip it out. <laughs> so that's part of the reason why I think it's taken me a while to move. But that's okay. We'll get there. No rush. 
Yeah, no rush. It's that much longer you get to knit with that special with yarn. With my special yarn. That's very true. That's what my husband would say. <laughs> <laughs> so that is the tale of the beekeeper cardigan patterned by Marie Green. What are you knitting, Gail? I have my The Weekender sweater. I always just call it my Weekender, but it's actually called The Weekender, patterned by Andrea Mowry. It is a DK weight pullover that is cropped, and the body is finished. I'm on the first of t- two sleeves. Obviously, there are two <laughs> sleeves. Well, in my world, I often knit sleeves three or four three times. times so. Yes. Uh, there are often three <laughs> sleeves to the sweaters that Gail and I make. It's true. But this one, I actually tried it on this morning, and it's fitting perfectly, so I think there will only be two sleeves this time. I'm very pleased <laughs> about that. And because it's a drop shoulder design, the sleeves will go quickly and DK weight instead of my normal fingering. So that means even faster knitting. Yes. And I made a couple modifications to this. It is, first of all, an incredibly easy pattern. Very fun to knit. Very well written, like the other Andrea Mowry patterns I've knit before. And interesting things about it, the neck bind off is done in Kitchener stitch. And I'm using Is that thin to make wool. it stretchy? I guess. I don't know. She hmm. didn't say. But this yarn that I'm using is from Sheep, Fin Sheep. So it's Fin Wool, F-I-N-N. And it comes from a small family farm in Maine. And it is rustic, not rustic because it's at all prickly. It's incredibly soft and squishy. But it's rustic because I've never knit anything that was this close to the sheep. So what I mean by that is I suspect they, of course, sheared their own sheep. They took this to a processing place and had the yarn manufactured. And in the yarn, you will find a ton of vegetable matter, all sorts of little teeny tiny bits of plant. And I don't mind that at all. I'm not complaining. I think it's fantastic. I think I would be done with the sweater already if it was commercial yarn because I would not be spending all this time picking out little pieces of vegetable matter. Gail's got a little pile going on her notebook and I've yep. watched her out of the corner of my eye as she knits along. She'll pick a little piece of fluff or VM and yep. put it in the pond. <laughs> you will hear people say VM for vegetable matter and... It does slow me down, but it's so fun because every time I pick out a piece of hay or grass or whatever, I think, wow, this is not far removed from the sheep. This is really cool. And the relevance of that to the Kitchener stitch neck is that I don't think I, besides the stretch factor, this yarn is, it's a two ply and it's rustic enough that you can't really tell it's been Kitchener stitched. It doesn't look like a neat, tidy Kitchener stitch kind of finish because the yarn sticks on itself. And as you're doing the Kitchener stitch, it doesn't result in in perfectly formed knit stitches, if that's making any sense. And one of the details of the sweater is that you do a slip stitch down the front and the back center. And mine, I would say, you can see it's there, but it's not very noticeable at all because of the Basically, the properties of the two-ply yarn doesn't give it the same dimension. So if I was trying to knit something like cables in this yarn, I think I would be very disappointed because it doesn't give you the same pop. But that's not the 
I, I don't think that's the main reason why it doesn't show up. What do you think it is? Oh, because it's stuck in it. Yes. Yeah. I was so going to wait thing. until you, you talked about your mods. Yeah. My <laughs> modifications. So the sweater is written. So the body is in reverse stockinette, but that center is a slip stitch. And you knit the sweater inside out because most people prefer to knit than purl. And if you were going to knit it right side out, you would be purling an entire sweater. So it's knit inside out with the slip stitch. And I instead knit mine in stockinette stitch right side out with the slip stitch. Well, so, you're still knitting it in stockinettes too. Yeah, it's true. But you're just knitting right side right out. Side so out. my sweater would look inside out compared to most people who knit this sweater because their reverse stockinette side is is public facing, facing out the, the right pearl side of the side sweater. Is the outside there? You go as as the design is written. Yes, and I didn't do that. So that's another reason that my center slip stitch blends in more. But I also think that this yarn, because like the ribbing, you can tell it's ribbing, but it's not a smooth ribbing right. like most right. yarns that I knit with will produce. Agreed, yes. But it feel how spongy it is. Yeah, It's just so nice. Very nice. I remember when you got this yarn, I really liked it. It's delightful. I still do. It's so delightful. And it has a halo to go with the vegetable matter, and it has like every once in a while you get this long piece of sheep hair that's all kinky and adorable and it's just so much fun to knit i love the design love the yarn i can't believe i waited this long to knit it and i'm determined to be done with it before we go on vacation so that i can wear it on vacation and the other modification is that i knit it the same size as my cleo which is another pullover sweater that's cropped and oversized so this if i didn't say it has a lot of positive ease and my Cleo is only 10 inches from the underarm to the bottom of the sweater because I have a short little waist. So holding this up and looking at it, it looks ridiculously short. <laughs> <laughs> Charlene laughed when I held it up. I said, I know it looks really tiny, but it works with my Cleo. So I'm going to assume it works with this too. And if I end up thinking it's too short, then I will add more ribbing to the bottom. More, yeah. But I'm loving how it is now. I think if I focus on this, I should be done with it by the end of the weekend because it's Friday and I want to have a finished sweater. Yeah. So that's the first thing. It took a long time to tell you the one thing in my lap, The Weekender <laughs> by Andrea Mowry. couple other things I'm knitting. One, my Via Jean by Martina Beam is back on the needles. Yay. I'm knitting that one in Madeline Tosh lace in the Venetian colorway. And if you remember about three episodes or six weeks ago, it got eaten by the Roomba little vacuum cleaner in our house. Yeah. And it sat there dejected next to my desk for at least four or five weeks before I could finally pick it up and fix it because every time I looked at it, it just kind of got mad and didn't want to yeah. touch it. Well, that's what it gets for jumping into the path of a Roomba. <laughs> However that happened, I still don't understand. But it's back on the needles. It's beautiful. I can't believe I let it sit there for so long. And that's going to be really good vacation knitting. So it went to Alaska with me. And now it's going to go to Yellowstone with me. Oh, fun. I also started the Kiss Me Romper by Kate Oates, which I'm going to actually make into a sleep sack. And I cast this on once using Felici Sport self-striping and realized shortly into the yoke, it's a top-down raglan-shaped romper baby sized and it's self-striping yarn 
but it's sock yarn. It's it's meant to be self-striping to knit socks. So you get these decent sized stripes. Well, of course, when you space that out over all the stitches required to knit a raglan, those stripes become very small, which wasn't the effect that I was going for. Hmm. So I took that out and then just yesterday realized I have a perfect stripe combination. I have a skein of candy skein, one of her purple colors, I think it's called Blackberry Current, but I could be wrong. And then I have a skein from Yarn Love in Airy Clouds. And Candy Skein, Her this particular skein is a very tonal, darker purple, beautiful color. And then the Airy Clouds is a natural with speckles of purple, pink, and kind of blue that play beautifully with the purple. So... That I cast that on last night just to make sure those colors were going to work together. And they look so pretty. I'm so happy. Yay. I was so, so happy when I got through the first stripes. I was like, oh, it's going to work. Yay. Because the other thing that I'm no longer knitting was a huge fail because of my color selection. And that was All Point South by Casapinka. I was using two skeins of Western Sky Knits, her Aspen Silk, which is a combination 50-50 of merino silk and a fingering weight. One of the colors is copper, which is just like it sounds, a beautiful copper color. And one is wine, the beautiful burgundy that I used for Mike's sweater, same colorway. And those look amazing together. They're fabulous. They're perfect together. And those are 600 yard skeins. And I knew I would have leftovers of those with all points south because it's three skeins, 400 yard skeins. So I knew I'd have leftovers of those two colors. And I was okay with that because I was going to use those then to knit the Kiss Me romper. Well, I tried three different colors for the third color and none of them worked for me. The first color I tried was Jen Sheelan's Claire, which is beautiful. Knitting with it made me so happy because all the other, all the colors in that yarn, you knit a few stitches and then there's another pop of color and it just was making me so happy. But as Charlene explained to me later, it's the same saturation as the copper and the wine. So it didn't give enough of a contrast with the other two colors. It blended in too much, even though it's a completely different color. And I hope that makes sense to some of you who understand color better than I do. But all I knew was it's not working the way I want it to. And Charlene said, well, it's the same saturation. So try a different color. So next I tried, I can't even remember the second color I tried. You tried a turquoise. Oh, that, there we go. I tried, it was a turquoise teal that was also Western Sky Knits. Then I was going to name it All Points West because they were all <laughs> Western Sky Knits colors. But that again, same saturation. They were all the same yeah. jewel tone. It was the same lightness or darkness. So if you, for example, if you took a picture of it and then looked at it as a black and white, there would be no contrast. Yes. Like all those colors were the same shade of gray. So it didn't, it just didn't work. As much as all the colors are beautiful by themselves, striped together, it just wasn't working. And the third color, I actually went yarn shopping. I dragged Carol with me and we found a skein of knitted wit in her victory sock, which is a beautiful, it's more like a sport weight. It's a beautiful plump yarn. And that was a natural with speckles of the same copper and a little bit of the burgundy and some purple. 
But even that one didn't work. Because, really? No, it didn't. So this is the first time I'm hearing about it. Yeah. I, I saw the skein, but I did not know that it wasn't working for you. The thing with that one is hmm. it's more variegated than speckled, and it had too much of the same copper in it. Hmm. So if you look at the All Point South pattern on Ravelry, the third color is really different. So a lot of them are much, much lighter, or the ones that I like and I'm attracted to the most are super light with speckles have that contrast yeah. yeah and i really want something that has speckles in it and isn't variegated and i think that was one of my problems is that i wasn't what I, the picture i had in my head was not coming yeah. off my needles so i finally decided you know what i have 600 yards each of the wine and copper and i'm going to knit those together into a sweater that's enough to knit a sweater yeah. and i'm going to stop trying to force these colors <laughs> and i'm going to find three other beautiful colors for my stash because i love the pattern and someone from our knit along just finished one for their fall look. Mm -hmm. And I really want to knit it. It just is going to yeah, wait. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be a future thing that you hear about. For now, I'm not going to force those colors okay. as much as I like them. Okay. So those are all the millions of things I'm knitting. So have you finished anything since the last episode? Only one thing. Got it right here. Oh, my little <laughs> so itty oh my bitty gosh. bear cubs hat. Itty oh, Bitty Bear Cubs is a hat that has bear ears by, let's see, it's called Itty Bitty Bear Cubs, and it's by Carolyn Ingram, and it is a free pattern available on Ravelry. And I can't say too much more about it, except for I have tried many of the available, many, I've tried a couple of the bear ear hats in the past before I found this one where you sew on the ears afterwards and I quite like this one the best because you pick up stitches for the ears and I feel like the ears get a better they just they're more well obviously more seamless but for me my sewing on skills often gave baby bear a scar along the base of his ear. So I remember when you said that the last time. <laughs> so this one is quite cute. I'm very happy with the way it turned out. What and yarn is that? This is a yarn from Homa Yarn called Glam Panda. Oh, that's right. Because it so has cute. a little bit of bamboo, I believe. Yes, 20% bamboo, 70% merino, and 10% nylon. So it's a little, got a little breathability in there. The bamboo also makes it very soft. And I know you said you had wanted to make one of these for, for Olivia, Olivia mm -hmm. but actually, Gail, this one is for Olivia. Oh, that is so sweet. <laughs> Thank you. It's so adorable. The yarn is like a natural color with all of these bits of different tonalities of gray yeah. and it's so cute thank yeah. you you're welcome and actually Aww. it's a fingering weight yarn and the pattern calls for either a dk or a worsted i can't remember but i just doubled it oh thank and you and made it work that is so precious so that is itty bitty bear cups i'm by just Carolyn gonna sit Ingram. here and smile have you finished anything no nope. Okay. <laughs> Nothing. And we want to do a very quick Colors of Fall update. So it is over on September 22nd. We will pick prizes after that. 
And we don't have time to go into how much I love all of the current, the list of finished, finished objects. objects. Oh my gosh, there are so many beautiful ones. The color work this year in our group is amazing. Color work is oh popular right gosh. now. So They're, it's amazing. Yeah. I'm just so blown away by the beauty yeah. you guys produce on your needles. It's just amazing. So many beautiful finished objects in the group. I'm loving it. And the prizes. So Marianne, who lives in Norway, is going to provide a hundred grams of Norwegian wool. So she's going to pick it out and, sh- and share patterns from Ravelry that would be great to knit with this yarn. I think that's the coolest thing ever. Wow. Trisha, who is tie-dye diva, she's offering a skein of beautiful Mrs. Crosby satchel in Midnight Aubergine, which is a beautiful purple. Adrian, classic, classic age, is putting together a little notions kit. She's calling it a special treasure chest for one of the winners. Becky, who is green a thumb, is going to give away two different patterns from her pattern store. Christelle, who is C. Courtier, is offering three really cool stitch markers. She's starting a stitch marker company, and they're really pretty beaded stitch markers. Ted from the Yarnery in Minnesota is offering two kits. They are each for the veranda wrap. That's from their store. They have kits for this particular pattern that's only available from their store, I think. One of the kits will be colors of fall colors in Holtzgarn Coast, the one that we rave about all the time. And the other will be in Holtzgarn Noble, which Charlene has some and says it's very soft, right? It is. It's a cashmere blend. So that'll be, those are great prizes. The designer Cheryl Beckerith is offering three patterns from her Ravelry store. And she has a lot of patterns. She does. Wow, I was really impressed. Katie, who is Katinka, she is going to donate three patterns to one winner from her Ravelry store. And she has the best accessories ever. And she's donating a gradient set from Marinated Yarns. It's 600 yards, and they range from a dark brown all the way through a very light, like, mushroom color. And they're really beautiful. So lots of really cool prizes. So get your stuff finished. And let's see how many projects I wanted to see. 75 projects today. So that's a lot of projects already. And we still have about two weeks? Yeah. Week and a half? It's getting close. About a week and it's a half. getting close. So keep those projects coming, and thank you for giving me all the eye candy to look at. And Charlene was going to share a tech tip with us today. She she employed the skill when we were sitting there <laughs> recording our last episode, and I was mind blown. Like, how are you doing that? So last episode, you guys remember, I was talking about the Jessica Jones cow that I was working on at the time. And it was just making me sad, and I couldn't continue to work on it. And I finally made the executive decision that I just need to finish this and pass it on to somebody else. Because it was a beautiful, beautiful cow, and it will make someone very happy. It's a beautiful cow. It It is. It just made me sad. So... I picked it up and I started binding off and I just casually said to Gail, I'm not even going to use more yarn. I don't even want to use more yarn. I'm just binding off. And that did not compute for me. How do you (laughs) bind off without using more yarn? So there is a way to bind off without using more yarn. If you have knit a project too far or you're too close 
and you don't have enough yarn for a bind off, you can actually manage to do a bind off without using any yarn. Of course, it's not a bind off that you would use in all situations. It's good if you run out of yarn and you don't want to take out rows. It's good if you don't need a stretchy bind off, if you can use a firm bind off for your piece, then you could use this. It's also good if you're binding off in a patterned stitch, as Gail and I found out, because when I was binding off on the Jessica Jones cowl, which is knit in linen stitch, because this bind off doesn't add an extra row, it just blended right in. It was to the prettiest the bind off on any Jessica Jones that I've seen so far. It was nice. It was really nice. And that was just happy accident that it worked out, that this last row worked out like that because I just made the executive decision yeah. at the time that I'm binding off and I don't even want to use more yarn. So tell us so how this magic works. This <laughs> bind off, if you're knitting in the round, you've got some stitches on your left needle and some stitches on your right needle. All you do is slip one stitch from the left needle to the right needle without a twist and lift. So as slip as if to knit? Or slip as if slip to as purl. if to purl, no twist. Okay, thank you. And then take the second stitch over that stitch you just passed, which we'll call the first stitch. And the second stitch would be the stitch that's next to that stitch, so the stitch that's to the right. So then you continue on in the same manner, slip one stitch without a twist from your left needle to your right needle, or slip as if to purl, like Gail said. And then you lift the stitch to the right over that, and you're left with one stitch on your right needle. So you may have more stitches because if you're knitting in the round, you'll you'll have the other stitches, but they will eventually all move towards the left needle as you continue on and slip another stitch from your left needle to your right needle and lift the second loop over the first. To me, it was the same as a traditional bind off, <laughs> except for knitting, you don't knit the stitch on the left, right. you slip it. Right, you and then just you slip it pass one over. and then pass one over. The whole way around. It, pass one over. If you're knitting flat, you would have to slip the first two stitches separately. So you would slip, slip, and then pass, pass the second stitch over the first. Like Gail says, instead of knitting them, you would just slip them and then do your bind off in the traditional way, but slipping instead of knitting. That makes sense yeah. when I say it like that. Yeah. yeah. And I, like I said, I would slip purl-wise or slip without a twist because it's a, it's a tight bind off. Not necessarily too tight. Firm, but, but it's not a, tight. It's going to be a firm bind off yeah. because you're not adding any extra yarn in there. You won't, you don't have that option on this bind off of a loose bind off. So this is not always going to work, perhaps for an edge of a shawl or in my case I was doing it on the edge of a cowl and Gail and I were pleasantly surprised to find that it yielded an edge that was almost exactly the same size as the cast on edge so we didn't end up with a cowl 
that has one edge larger than the other, which, which is how great. my Jessica Jones turned out. <laughs> it looks like a funnel. It does not look like a cow. So that was really cool yeah. that we just happened to figure that out. I like that. Yeah, like it was a, a very, very cool magic trick, in my opinion. I was really, like, mind blown. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know you could do that without having to knit it. And sometimes, you know, you're, you've knit and you realize you're running out of yarn or maybe you're playing yarn chicken and exactly. you just want to eke out that extra row so this might be a way to do it and you can always try it and if it doesn't work for example if it yields a edge that is too firm or is too tight for whatever piece you are knitting you can always take it out and at that point rip out a row or two so that you have enough yarn to do a proper bind off. Yep. So hopefully that comes in handy yeah. someday. I know yeah. I'll be using it. <laughs> I liked it a lot. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you so much for listening. Keep those colors of fall projects. Co oh, reminder. It has to be a styled outfit oh, to yes. count. Yes. So as I was looking through all the finished object pictures today, as beautiful as they are, some of them are not outfits. So this is one knit along where we actually have a rule. So not only were you supposed to use a color of fall in your project, but it does need to be a finished look so that we can all copy you when I don't have, have any idea of how to dress myself. So <laughs> like I copied the clogs. So yes. yes. So I could see her top to bottom look. So please give us a finished look. And I have one thing that I need to slide in here. Our retreat will be next year in April 2019. If you have never attended the retreat but have interest, please visit the group on Ravelry for the Northern California Knitting Retreat and check the thread for 2019 because we will be sending out information lists in about a month, I think, in the middle, middle mid beginning to mid-October, so three weeks to four weeks. And folks who have attended the retreat for the last two years have first right of refusal, which means that they will be pinged first to go onto the list for attendees. And then as we have space, we will be taking new entrants and putting folks on a waiting list. So if you have interest, please visit the group and find out how to get yourself on that list. And last year, we did go through the waiting list. We did. And there yes. was, I think, only one person left on the waiting yes. list. So. so it's worth it yeah. if you have interest. Yeah, definitely. Don't be discouraged because other people have first right of refusal. So. Exactly. Yeah. Especially if you're somewhat local and you can wait until close to that week because sometimes things happen. Thank you very much for listening. We really appreciate it. I was in a bad mood when I got here. Now I'm not. So thank you. And thank you for my hat, Charlene. Or for Olivia's hat, I should say. I'm going to try to put it on, but it's way too small for my head. Happy knitting, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs> you can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniacs Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniacs.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniacs Podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gailey Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs 
or on Instagram at Yarnia and at Gailey Whaley.